It could seem like this process is about rejecting the false view of reality, rejecting delusion, rejecting the ego, rejecting the false self. And in one sense, that is true. However, what is quite surprising is that when all is said and done, what we realize is that underneath all of the identity structures, underneath all of the processing, underneath all of the perceptual filters, what we find is this fundamental tendency to reject experience. And when all is said and done, that will reverse. And it's a very simple, very, very simple reversal. It's a very simple insight, but its implications are incredibly profound in your moment-to-moment -moment experience. It's to suddenly realize not only the cure for suffering, for misery, for struggle, but also to realize in a very direct way through insight, through immediate, undeniable insight, that there is no way for suffering to even exist. There's no way for resistance to even exist at all. And there never has been. And this is true for you. And it's true for every living being. So what is it in this process that gets in the way of that insight that is discovered or corrected? Or I should say, what is it that gets in the way of that insight or obscures it that is corrected through this process? Well, it's actually in layers. This fundamental distortion that says something's wrong with the world, something's wrong with life, something's wrong with me, and I need to do something to fix it. I need to figure out how to fix it. I need to arrange things properly such that I don't suffer as much, or I fix the problem of myself. Now I'm speaking in sort of generalizations. We don't always think of it in that terms. We think of it as get the new car, get the new job, get the new partner, get more money, get to retirement, feel more healthy, all of it. All of the seeking we do as humans, including spiritual seeking, getting to the next stage of enlightenment, waking up, all of these surrogates, all of these cognitive goals really are outgrowths of the fundamental sense that something's wrong and we need to do something about it. Now, I don't mean to negate um, spiritual work. I don't mean to negate meditation, inquiry, and so forth. That has its place. But it will be laden with misperceptions for some time. And it's important to know that. If you don't realize that's true, you can kind of set yourself up for a sort of magical thinking. 
or I guess I could say quote unquote positive thinking or spiritual thinking, but you're really not fully addressing the deeper issues. It could be called bypassing. You're not addressing the shadow. You're not addressing the repressed emotional material. And you're really just not wanting to admit to yourself how deep this issue goes, how deep this problem goes, the problem of me, my problems, my life, etc., etc. Once you really take this on fully, once you take this on in earnest, with your eyes open, knowing in actuality how much work there is to do one way or another, or put a different way, how much delusion there actually is, or how much habit force there is for us to distort our own perception, to go unconscious partially or completely voluntarily. There's a lot there and it can be daunting for sure. Now, often before an awakening, this isn't even obvious. Sometimes it is when you're approaching, when awakening is imminent, you sort of see things with a clarity you had never seen things with before. But often it's not really until after awakening and even the sort of honeymoon phase and all that, when you really start to see like, wow, the, the delusion runs deep. The selfing mechanisms, the tendencies uh, run deep and they're varied and they're profound and they're deeply rooted in our psyche and they're deeply rooted in our behavior patterns and so forth. This can be daunting. It can make us feel like I'm never gonna complete this task. I don't have the uh, capacity for this. I don't have the knowledge for this. I don't have the number of years of life left to address all of this. Ultimately, those are all thoughts. That's the, the ego messing with you. You do have the capacity for this, but there's more here than most people realize. There's more to address in the spiritual endeavor, let's say, than most people realize until you're face to face with it, until you're at a place where you can't really hide from yourself anymore, which is good, but can be daunting. It's good because you're seeing clearly and you're seeing what's important and you're seeing what you need to address. Over time, you stop being preoccupied with the amount of work or delusion or selfing that goes on. But for a while, it can be a distraction, really. Um, there's already doubt, there's already self-doubt. And then you see this, <laughs> it can go, uh, can go on to overdrive that self-doubt. But we're taught by those who walked the path before us that all you're really called to do is pay attention to what's happening right now, what's being felt right now. The mind doesn't like this. The mind will say, no, no, but there's all this work to do. There's all this stuff to address. There's all this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But over time, you learn more and more. Those are thoughts. What needs to be addressed is right here. Simple, very simple. And it doesn't even need to be addressed, simply attended to, acknowledged, noticed, felt. What is seen right here? What is heard? 
what is felt? How is consciousness moving in this moment? That's it. That's all we need to attend to. The trick is staying here. It's very easy to get pulled into the mind. It's easy to get pulled into the narratives, including the narratives about how much work there is to do and how hard this is and all of it, which practices I should be doing. The ego gets spiritualized, but it's still just a thought or a collection of thoughts. So what's really happening in this phase, a lot of unbinding, but what's happening is we are learning a certain kind of equanimity. We're learning not to respond to sensations, conditions, experiences, situations, interactions with people. We're learning not to respond to all of that by running into the mind, by grabbing the next thought, by going a little unconscious. We learn we don't have to do that. And this moment disappears, and the next one appears, and then the next one appears, and on and on and on. So it's a different kind of learning, or perhaps an unlearning. But this learning is not about knowledge at all. It's about intuition. It's about sensation. It's about abiding in the immediate, however that is for you right now. And ultimately, it doesn't get any more complicated than this. Everything will take care of itself here. At some point, the fundamental sense of something being wrong will drop out. There are things you can do to help it. There are specific types of inquiries and practices to address certain perceptual filters, the dualistic filters, the reactivity filters. But they're not even always necessary. Sometimes they're helpful, sometimes they're not. What is always helpful is attending to the immediate. Not analyzing, not thinking about it, not pushing or pulling on it, but fully attending to it. What is the feel of the breath? Just that, just the feeling, just the sensation. What is the sensation in the head, scalp, face? Just the sensation. What is the sensation in the hands? And what is the totality of sensation of what we call the body without thinking about a body, just feeling? Can we experience that totality of sensation with the totality of sensory experience, including sound, including colors and forms, lines, shapes, tones? That totality is just there. We don't create it. And we're actually not reflecting it. Thought might be trying to reflect it, but that's just part of the totality, that sensation of consciousness. And it is a sensation, nothing more ultimately. So remaining unfiltered 
without directing our attention through conditioned experience, rather, just what's heard here, just what's seen here, just what's felt here, just what's cognized or just that movement of consciousness here. Nothing more and nothing more needs to be done. There's nothing to do with this and there's no one that needs to do anything with this. And there's no actual this, there's just appearance. It gets very simple. So this is the unbinding. This moment of innocence, this moment of simplicity, this moment of spontaneity. And this unbinding goes on infinitely. It will get subtler and subtler. But be alert enough to notice when you distract or have a tendency to distract. Or when you jump on the thought train or start to conceptualize. Just be alert enough to notice that. And that's thought, consciousness. There's no need to get identified with it. There's nothing that says you have to identify with thought or start thinking or start selfing. It's a tendency, that's all. So notice it and notice the consciousness. Consciousness is what thought, knowledge, concepts are structured in experientially. And yet it's an appearance, just like sound is an appearance. So remain here and the unbinding will be ongoing. There's not much more to say about this. It's very simple. Just remain, attend, be overtaken by experience. Different ways of saying it. But it's an attunement, a feel. Just stay, don't move. Even when there's movement, don't move until you see nothing moves. Nothing's ever moved. <laughs>